On this podcast, we were joined by the former SFA Chief Executive and Rangers Kamarnock and Brighton striker Gordon Smith. Uh, hi, Gordon, how are you doing? I'm fine, Regan, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing good, Gordon. So, Gordon, how has uh, lockdown been uh, tr- treating you? Been very difficult because, uh, you know, it's like we're so restricted in terms of what we can do. But uh, at least I'm getting a bit fitter because I'm out walking every day getting a bit of exercise in. So uh, I was back at the gym for the first time this morning to actually run on the treadmill. So uh, I feel quite good. But apart from that, it's been tough going, having to be staying home all the time. So, Gordon, I just want to take me back to where you first started playing football because I read a thing where you first, uh, you got a, ma- a management, you started off with a management degree. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I did a business degree. But what happened was I, uh, when I was 14 years of age, I got a chance to sign for Kilmarnock Rangers and Celtic. And my dad said, you're going to Kilmarnock. And I said, why? Because you're a fan. And he said, no. He said, you've got more of a chance there. And if you make it, the big teams will come back for you. It was actually very good advice. Because what happened was, uh, Regan, I started training with Kilmarnock during my school holidays when I was 14 years old. I was training with the first team. So I was, in, I was in every school holiday training full-time with the first-team players, and it meant that I progressed well with that. And at 16 years of age, I got offered a, a professional contract. Now, my mum wouldn't let me leave school. She said, you've got to finish your hires. So I did my hires, and while I was at school, I got in the command at first team. So I was actually playing at 17. I was playing against Rangers and Celtic on a Saturday at Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, and on a Monday, I was in a classroom with my school friends. I was, I was still a schoolboy, you know. So what happened was um, when I was 18, uh, I left. I got my hires, left school, came home one day in a, from a summer job, and my mum said, there's your dinner ready and there's your acceptance. I said, my acceptance for what? She says, your degree. I said, I never applied, mum. She said, no, I did. <laughs> that was me. That was me doing a degree when I didn't want to, right? But in the end up, it worked out well for me because I got educated and I was still playing professional football at that stage. Regan. So do you think that's... Did that stood you in good stead for the future? Definitely, because what happened was when I gave up playing football, uh, because I'd, I'd been at a high level and I did some courses while I was playing as well, it meant it was much easier to get employed because people saw that I had a qualification and it was a, a lot of people uh, offering me jobs at that stage. So that was good and it helped me really develop my, my time after my football career, Regan. So you then joined Rangers what was it like to join Rangers? Was, was that your team growing up? Was that the team you supported growing up? I did. I used to support Rangers when I was a wee boy. Uh, first saw a player called Jim Baxter playing for Rangers that made me, I wanted to copy him because he was left-footed, but he was skinny like I was. And uh, Slim Jim, his nickname was, but I was a thin lad in those days and I, and I wanted to be like him. The good thing about it was I started kicking the ball with my left foot because I wanted to be like Jim Baxter. And it meant that I developed, uh, became a two-footed player because of that. So when I signed for Rangers, it was great because I had a, I, I was actually still, I'd just finished my degree and I had a job uh, as a market and development manager of a company. And I was 10 days in the job when Rangers bought me. And uh, I had to go along to Ibrox, meet Jock Wallace and uh, sign. 
and he, he, he gave me a big surprise as well, Reagan, when, he, when, he, when he, after I signed the contract, he said, eh, that's taking a while. And I said, what do you mean? He says, I've been trying to sign you for the last four years. Did you not know? And I said, no, I didn't know. And he said, I've been to in three, twice a year for the last four years and come on, it wouldn't sell yet. And that was me now just getting sold. And, I, and I, so that was me, a Rangers player in 1977. So what was the reason that Kamala wouldn't sell you to, to Rangers? Don't know. They wouldn't sell me. I, I found out later on there was other teams as well. Um, a few years ago, I was at a dinner in Glasgow and Tommy Doherty was speaking, the ex-Man United and Scotland manager. And he said during the speech, he said, I see Gordon Smith there. Nice to see Gordon. And he said, I tried to sign Gordon as Man United manager. And I went up after the dinner and I said, Tommy, what you said there? And he goes, did you not know? And I said, no. He said, you were 19 years old and I offered Kilmarnock 100,000 for you. And he said, it was a Friday and they accepted it. And what they said was, can we, can we uh, do the deal on Monday? Can Gordon play for us tomorrow? And Tommy said, ah, okay. He says, when I went back on Monday, he said, you must have played well on the Saturday. He says, because he wanted more money on the Monday. And Tommy said, no, you've, you've agreed to this fee. And they said, no, no, uh, we want more. And he said, look, if you don't, if you don't accept the money I've given you on Friday, I'm putting the phone down. And he said they didn't, and he put the phone down. And there was me finding out about uh, 20 years after retirement that uh, Man United had tried to sign me, and Tommy Doherty was telling me that story. So it wasn't just Rangers that didn't want to sell me to it. It was just they just didn't want to sell me, I think. Because even, even I found out later on that the actual, it was five directors, and it was a 3-2 decision on me getting sold to Rangers. It was three, def- three directors said yes, and two said no, and I think the two that said no resigned after that meeting. And talk to us a bit about Job. What was Job Wallace like as a Rangers and manager to you? I, I found him great because I just thought he was very, very clever in terms of how he managed people. That's the key thing about management in football. It's about how you. It's not just about the coaching, about how you develop people's career and how you te- what you tell them to do. You also have to get the best out of people. And Big Jock was really good for that. I was a bit scared of him when I went there at first because he had a bit of reputation as being a bit of a real hard man because he'd been an army, a soldier in the army and all that. And, and he was very rough and tough, but he was very, very good. And I, I enjoyed playing from. Having said that, I was only one season playing from, and we won the treble that year. So it was you know, a special memory of a man. When he left the club at the end of that season, I was very, very disappointed because when somebody signs you, Regan, and, and you play for them for a year and you're successful, you want that manager to stay on at the club, but he didn't. He left, and I was very disappointed. So you also said that you almost joined Celtic. Would Jock Steen be the manager at Celtic? Yeah. Then? Yes. Uh, I found out, it was Billy McNeil told me, uh, he was my manager later at Manchester City, and I was playing for um, Rangers against Ma- Aberdeen. And he, and he was manager of Aberdeen at the time. I'd only been at Rangers about a month. And he, he, he shouted me as I was leaving the stadium. I'd scored a hat-trick against Aberdeen. We beat them 6-1. And he said to me, well played. I thought you played really well. And I said, thanks very much. And he said, what made you come here? I said, Rangers bought me. And he goes, why do you not want to come to Aberdeen? And I said, why? What do you mean? He said, we were in for you as well. He says, do you know no Celtic were in for you too? And I said, no. He says, the three of us were in for you when you signed for Rangers and, and no one had told me it was so it was Jock Steen was the manager of Celtic Billy McNeil Aberdeen and Jock Wallace so the three of them were all in for me at the same time Yeah You also became a football agent as well What was it like to to be a football agent? It was interesting because um, what happened was I was working for a firm of chartered accountants I was a financial uh, advice management 
uh, in the place. And uh, they, they, I, I suggested to them that we start, uh, we should start an agency because we had a lot of football clients who were looking after, and they agreed to that. And what happened was we brought in an agent, but then he left to go to another job, and they asked me to do it. At first, I wasn't too keen, but then I decided to do it, and it went so well that I decided to take the business on my own. I left the firm of chartered accountants and I went as an individual because I, I found that um, because of my experience in the game, Reagan, I thought I could offer something to players in terms of advice. Uh, I had financial advice too. I could help them help them with their football. And I mean, basically with all the contacts I had in the game, I knew exactly all the people to, to deal with and speak to. So that's why I felt that I could make a success of it. And uh, I, was a, I was an agent for about, um, I think about 10 years Nine, ten years I was an agent looking after quite a few players. I had the likes of Paul Lambert and Stephen Presley and Craig Burley, Jonathan Johansson, people like that. So I had a few good players under my belt. So would you be able to deal with the chairmen and try and get the best deal possible for the players? How yeah. would that? How would that be when there's some shrewd operators at clubs around yeah. the world? Oh, definitely. What happened was uh, is you're not always dealing with the chairman. You're dealing sometimes with the chief executive as well. You know what I mean? Uh, quite often the manager too. But what I would do would be sit down. But I had a good, I had a good knowledge. What helped a lot, Reagan, was the fact that I had uh, people that I could actually ask in terms of what the uh, what the contracts were. I remember one time I was going to deal with a club in England, and uh, I asked my contacts what the highest wage at that club was, and then I was in the meeting. And uh, the chief exec or the chairman said to me, we're going to make you a player, the highest paid player at the club. And he told me what the, the salary was. And I said, that's not the highest paid. And then I told him what the <laughs> highest paid was. <laughs> and he said, how could you know that? I said, it doesn't matter how I know it, but I know you're telling me a lie. So I, I just want to now talk to you about your time as the SFA chief executive. Yeah. What, what would be the main highlights of that for you? I think I think main highlights were the fact that you know at that time we were, Scotland were in a high position in, in terms of FIFA ranking. We were doing well. It was Walter Smith had been the manager. Then Alec McLeish took over from him, and they were actually getting good results, almost qualifying as well for the European Championships. But I mean, we were in a really tough group. We had with the World Cup finalists in our group uh, for the European Championships, and, and we did really well. We beat France uh, home and away, and then it got to the very last game against Italy. And if we'd oh. won at home, remember that now, yeah. Yeah, remember if we'd, that. If we'd won, yeah, we'd won, we'd qualified. So we lost that game, but we, things were going well. But I also enjoyed it. Uh, there was, there was, I, I managed to um, get the, the uh, bring in the agreement that, that players who had played in, who had gone to school in our country and, and the four home nations agreed, the other three home nations agreed but as well, Reagan, that people, kids that went to school here could then change nationality. And as long as they had five years of education in this country, they could then play for Scotland, England, Ireland or Northern Ireland, depending where they went to school. So that was a, a new agreement. And I, I brought that and I, I actually put that forward. Another two things that was quite good was I was on two committees with uh, UEFA, uh, one with UEFA and one with FIFA. And it was a football committee. And it was all ex-players that were on that committee. So it was really a, a thrill, especially the FIFA one, because I, I got there one day, Reagan, and... Uh, First day, first meeting I was at, I was a bit late getting there. So I sat in the very front row. I apologised, I was late, sat down, didn't know who was in the committee, right? Went out, got my coffee after an hour break, sat down, and then who came and sat beside me, who I'd met before? Franz Beckenbauer. Then who sat across me? Pelly. Who sat next to him? Eusebio. 
next to him, Bobby Charlton, Michel Platini, Dino Zdorf. I thought if there was a team getting picked here, I wouldn't get in it. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I just want to speak to about, Gordon, is your, is your time down in England with Brighton. Uh-huh. How do you look back on that? I, I, it was a special time. It was a, I didn't really want to go. I was forced to go uh, by John Gregg, the Rangers manager. I didn't know at the time it was a, a record fee Rangers were getting for me. They get £440,000 for me, which is the highest fee they'd had at that time for a player. And I was forced to go. Now, I was angry about that at first because I didn't want to leave Rangers. I just signed a five-year contract. But I went down to England and I must say, I really enjoyed my time at Brighton. I mean, we went down there and uh, the, my little boy was a month old. We went down there. My daughter was born there, my, my older daughter. And we were, we were living in, in a nice part. It was quite funny as well, Regan. I was actually, we're all living in Hove. And that's where the stadium was. And I used to, I used to walk to the match on a Saturday uh, or, a, or a match day because it was the, the actual football ground was five minutes from my house. So I, I used to, where, how many other players in other parts of the the country can walk to their game in a match day, not many. So it was a lovely place to live, really enjoyed it. And uh, if I hadn't been for the, everything would have been wonderful if I hadn't been for my, my, my FA Cup final miss in 1983, which I'm most remembered for. <laughs> and you spoke then about being down at Brighton. Do you still, do you still watch Brighton now? Because they're doing well in the, in the Premier League. Absolutely. Yeah, I watch them a lot. I watch all their games. And it was quite interesting that the game last week there, when they beat Manchester City uh, last Wednesday, they actually said uh, during the commentary, this is the first time in 40 years that Brighton have beaten Manchester City in the league. And uh, they didn't mention the time, but I was playing in that game 40 years ago when we beat Manchester City 4-1. So, uh, but this is a more special victory because this time Manchester City are actually league champions. So, but I enjoyed my time at Brighton, as I say, it was a lovely place to live and play. I, I enjoyed playing at the, the highest level in English football, Reagan, because, you know, you're playing against big teams every week, like Aston Villa and Manchester United, Man City, Liverpool, Everton. You know, it was, it was Newcastle. It was fantastic to play in the English Premier Division. Who would be the favourite player that you played with? Played with? Probably the most skillful player I played with was David Cooper at Rangers. He was the most skillful player. He was, he was very, very... Uh, I, I would say talented in terms of his left foot was brilliant. He could make a pass. He could see you, and it was quite interesting because the first time Alan Mullery, the Brighton manager, saw me playing in two games, and I scored three goals in the two games, and David Cooper made the three goals. And he actually he said to me, "Funny enough, this is what he said when I signed." He goes, uh, "I was trying to get two of you. I was trying to get you and David Cooper, but Rangers said I could only buy one." And I said, "Yeah, you get the wrong one then." Want to chat to you now about? Rangers this season. So what have you made of Steven Gerrard's side this this season? Rangers have stopped 10 in a row. It's been a great season for them. Uh, it's been a bit special because, uh, but I'll be honest with you, Reagan, at the beginning of the season, you know, I was doing media stuff and they were asking me, how do you think Rangers will do this year? And I, and I, and I actually said, I think they can challenge the league this season. And, you know, <laughs> that's challenging for the league. And look what's happened. They've won the league comfortably. Now, you, could, you couldn't see that coming. So you've got to give Stephen Gerrard a lot of credit. He's made good signings. He's strengthened the team and they're playing a good style of football. To win, you know, to, to be unbeaten in the league and what, got 102 points and, you know, basically, uh, you know, as I say, just to go through all the season so strong and play like that, then you have to say 
he's done a great job and it's been amazing. But the biggest aspect was strange was just the collapse of Celtic because I couldn't see that coming. When it's, the way they've been performing over the recent seasons, I mean, four trebles in a row and then this season they've been so bad. So it's two aspects that Rangers have been outstanding, but Celtic have also been very, very poor. And did it make it special for you because you were involved with Rangers in 2012? Obviously, when Rangers got into administration, did it make it special because all those times ago, you, Rangers were at the bottom, they had to make their way back up to the, the, the top of Scottish football? Yes. What happened was I was there six months when they went into administration. Couldn't see it coming. I remember speaking to Craig White. I was director of football. And I said to Craig White a couple of occasions, is, is administration a possibility? Because people are saying, to him, no, no, it won't happen. Uh, we're going to get through it. Everything will be okay. Then all of a sudden, one day, February the 14th, it was 2012, the administration happened. And I went straight to the club. I just left the, that day. As soon as I found that out, that was a Wednesday, I think it was a Wednesday, and I left on the Friday. I just went and said, look, there's no point in me being here. You don't need a director of football. The money is bad. But So the club basically were in a downfall after that. We went away down to League Two, and it took a while to come back, and, and certainly a while before they were up there challenging again, which has happened this season. That's why it has been a marvellous season and a marvellous recovery from Rangers' point of view. So what was your deal with Craig? What it like, especially after he told you that administration wasn't going to happen and then it happened? Yeah. Well, that's right, but I never spoke to him after that, really, because he wasn't about... Uh, it just He was there that day when, when we were into administration, but I never spoke to him. But there was no point in having any more discussion with him because he told me it wasn't going to happen, and it did. So I just thought, I'll just leave here because I had six months in the job. Uh, I had a lot of work I wanted to do. I thought I could offer something as a director of football to the club, but as it turned out, Reagan, there was no point in me being there anymore, So, and I've never spoken to him since. And you speak about relationship with Walter Smith and also Alex McLeish. What were those two guys like at Scotland and at Rangers as well? As well? They were, yeah, they were very, very good. I'm, I'm a bit friendly with Alec McLeish than I am with Walter Smith. I am friends with Walter and uh, he's, he was great. I think he did a fantastic job. He knows the game really well and he's somebody I've got the highest respect for. Alec as well, because Alec, you know, was in, then he was, he was a Scotland manager when I actually took over uh, my my role at the SFA. Walter had already left, so I, I didn't get a chance to work along with Walter at, at the SFA, but I did work along with Alec, and he was always one of these people you could trust and speak to. So he was an excellent manager for Scotland. I was quite surprised when he left to go to Birmingham, to be honest with you, but I actually asked him, why are you leaving, Alec? And then he told me what he was going to get paid by Birmingham, and that was the reason he was leaving. <laughs> yeah. you couldn't, we couldn't match Birmingham City's wages. I was just going to ask you about money. So do you think that money is ruining football? Could you look at the European Super League, that thing that was going to be announced like a few weeks ago, do you think something like that is ruined the, is ruined the corner? Or do you... Yeah, I think, I think there's, what I'm finding is there's always a degree of that. Because what happened before was, I remember uh, when I was at the SFA, actually, the, the, the rules changed in terms of the Champions League because there was a fear. UEFA were afraid that the major clubs were going to form their own tournament and they were going to break away from UEFA to form their own tournament. So that's why the Champions League had changed in order that the, the major nations allowed four teams in the Champions League. That didn't happen before, remember. It was just one team that won the league. So they changed it in order to stop that happening. So this is when this thing broke again. I was wondering about if this is them 
once again. But it was only, the fact was, it wasn't all the major countries. It was only 12 teams from four major countries. And I couldn't see it happening. I just thought, UEFA will not accept this. Now, they came out last week. Nine of the teams, nine of the 12 resigned, if you know what that's what happened. But there's still three who are still part of it. And it's Barcelona, Real Madrid and Juventus. And they're all saying that they're unhappy with UEFA because they wanted to do this in conjunction with UEFA rather than in, in opposition to UEFA. So that didn't come out when they, when they broke the story. So that's them saying that now because UEFA have said, we are not dealing with you on this. And if you bring out, if you actually go down this line, we will disqualify you all from the leagues and UEFA tournaments. And that's what I think they were going to do. But these three clubs are still saying that they wanted to work in conjunction with UEFA and form this tournament to bring in more money for the top-level football. So, But that's the problem. There is a big problem in football, Reagan, with the money side of things. Players' wages and all that, are, 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 some of them are outrageous these days in which people earn. But if the money's there, they, they, then you have to say that you know the players, uh, the top players deserve to earn good money because there's so much money in the game. But at times, some of the wages are well over the top. I just want to talk to you about how Klobarnock, they were in the playoff final last night. And they got beat 2 0 by Dundee. What do you make of of them at the moment? Well, they beat two one. They were beating two one last yeah. night. I, I felt oh, that um, yeah. I, I, they, they actually had a good little run. I thought they were Tommy Wright had got them going again, Regan, because yeah, they had a good run. Yeah, before last night, uh, even Lafferty, Kyle Lafferty, had scored twelve goals his last nine games, and I thought to myself, he's been a good signing for them. But see, like, I watched the game last night, and I yeah, thought. Me too. I thought Dundee were the better team. I don't know about you. I thought Dundee were the better team. Charlie Adams, a great player for them, isn't he? He's yeah, great... yeah, unbelievable. He's, I mean, he looks he looks a bit older than what he even is, right enough. But he's nevertheless he's a tremendous talent. Charlie Adams has been one of these players that I even felt at Rangers he never got a proper chance when he was younger. I know they had a lot of good players in those days, but they always kind of put him out wide. Whereas Charlie Adams is a playmaker, and he, he proved that when he went down south. He had a fantastic career down England. Now he's back at Dundee and he's helping develop them. And as I say, I felt Dundee were the better team. I know there's a second leg to go. Fortunately for Kamala, they've got the home game now. Also on the pitch, it's a, they're more used to it, AstroTurf. So it's interesting to see. But in terms of the what happened last night, Kamala should be quite pleased that it actually turned out to be 2-1 because I say Dundee, for me, were the better team. Yeah. And now I just wanted to chat to you about Scotland are going to the Euros. So, what do you make of Scotland going to the Euros, and did you manage to see the squad that got announced? I saw the squad. Yeah, I think I think it's a good squad. I think that the main the main aspect of it is we're strong in midfield without doubt. One of the aspects we struggle a wee bit is up front, and I know Lee Griffiths has been brought in as a kind of reserve player for the squad, but we don't really have a lot. The the, the, main, the lad at uh, Southampton is probably the the best bet striker right now. He's a yeah. good player, but Tree yeah. Adams. Yeah, I like Shea Adams. He's a good player. He's probably the main going to be the main striker. But as I say, we're a wee bit short up front and that's been a problem. But midfield, we're very good. And it's good to see the likes of young players getting brought in away. Billy Gilmer getting brought in as well. And Nathan Patterson, both outstanding young players. And the young lad at Celtic as well. Turn, Turnbull is it as well. He's come in too. So I think, I think Celtic and Rangers are providing one or two better players now. Young Scottish players coming through. But I think that Scotland have got a good chance in this tournament. I do believe that Steve Clark is an excellent manager and I think he'll have us very, very competitive. And I think that the big game will be, the interesting one will be playing England at Wembley. That'll be a good one to look forward to. 
I mean, I'm only 20, 22, so it's my first tournament watching Scotland. <laughs> so yeah. it's, just, it's just going to be absolutely brilliant. Do you think we can we can uh, get out the get out the the group? Yeah, I think there's a chance. So I think we can get get out of the group. We've got hard games. I mean, let's be honest, the games are not easy. But Steve Clark's got Scotland playing pretty well. We've got two friendlies coming up before we play the tournament as well. So they'll be interested to see how we got on in those. But I think that when the tournament starts, I think because we get two games at Hamden, then the big game at Wembley as well. Although England, England for me will be a good side. When you see some of the young players coming through in England now, like Sir Foden and people like that, they are strong. Yeah. Okay, Gordon, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show. It's been absolutely brilliant to have you on. Regan, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been good and all the best to you in your career going forward. So we just wanted to thank Gordon for coming on and being so open and honest about his time at Glasgow Rangers, Brighton and at Kilmarnock and at his time at Rangers at boardroom level. We'd like to thank Gordon for being so open and honest and we wish Gordon all the best for the future. Finally, guys, as always, you can follow us at your always good Joe Ask Game on Facebook and on Twitter. And until next time, thank you.